All right, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Let's see, yeah, the lights come up. Wow, got a nice uh, crowd here this afternoon. Uh, we had a full crowd this morning uh, as well. Uh, it was really nice. You know, this is probably the first time, you know, had a little lunch, had a little nap, you know, in between. I'm raring and ready to go uh, again. And before I jump into my message this morning, I just want to take just a minute and thank Adam. What a, what a wonderful uh, job, Adam and the band. What a great, I love the songs tonight, and we're going to sing Silent Night a little bit later in a beautiful way as well. I wanted to thank the Eret family, Tara and Daniel, and those five beautiful young men. I went down the row saying, good evening, Mr. Eric, good evening, Mr. Eric, good evening, Mr. Eric. Yeah, so it was great, and I really liked the way you incorporated all the kids, and thank you so much for, for doing doing that. And I love the way the one shepherd, I think his name was Colin. He just picked the sheep up and just carried her down the, carried her down the road. That was, that was cool. That was a really neat, neat thing as, as well. Well, let me jump right in here and talk to you about our Christmas message today. You know, sometimes you need to be careful what you ask for, and you need to be careful in how you ask. I remember not too many years ago, I had made a comment in a, in a message one Sunday that I loved Almond Joy candy bars. And the next day when I went into the office, lo and behold, there was, a, there was an Almond Joy candy bar laying on my desk. And I thought, wow, that's awesome. So that week, I thought, you know what? I might use this to my advantage. So the next Sunday, I remember specifically saying, you know what? I don't know if I've ever told you guys this, but I would love to have a bright orange sports car. And the next day when I went into my office, this is what I found. Well, can you get a close-up of that? I'll, I'll hold it real still if we could. Always, I said I always wanted a, a bright orange sports car, and that's what I got. I guess I should have been a little more specific, shouldn't I? But I found that this week on my shelf. I remembered that story, and I thought, that's great. Christmas is awesome. You know, the giving of gifts is, you know, the, one of the most beautiful parts of, of Christmas. And if you remember over these last weeks of Advent, we've been talking about holy moments. We actually began with the story of Jesus' genealogy in Matthew and also in Luke and how the holy moment, do you remember what it was? God wants us to be a part of his family. You know, all these that, you know, so-and-so begat so-and-so and so had so, and they told the story of Jesus by all of his ancestors, but he put some people in the list there that we would think really don't belong. And the point is, is that he invites us to be a part of his family. What a holy moment that is to realize that. The second week of Advent, Advent we talked about Mary, how the angel had visited Mary. And what did he say to her? He said that you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And the holy moment for us is that the Lord is with us. The same message to Mary is God's message to us. Jesus is here. What a holy moment. Last week, we talked about the shepherds out in the fields keeping watch over their flock at night. And we pointed out to you how in that 11th verse there of Luke chapter 2, it says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. A Savior has been born. It was the first time in all of the Holy Scriptures that the Messiah was talked about in past tense. In other words, not he's coming, not one day God will do this, but today, this day, in the city of Bethlehem, he has been born. What a holy moment that is to realize that Jesus Christ has come. 
Well, I'm sure that you came today knowing that I have one more for you. It's also from Luke chapter 2. In the latter parts of, of that story, it tells us about two people. And I actually have a picture of it here I'd like to show you. It tells us about Simeon, who was an old prophet in the temple. And it tells us about a, an old woman. I call her that because it refers to her that way in the scriptures as well. She'd been married for seven years and then been widowed for many years. And now she was in her mid-80s and she never left the temple. And it tells us here that Anna and Simeon basically had one thing left in their life that they wanted to do. What was it? They wanted to see the blessed Messiah. They wanted to see the Savior of the world. But the amazing thing about this is that this story all started all the way back in Isaiah in chapter 9. Hundreds of years before Jesus was born. And if you look at Isaiah chapter 9, you're mostly familiar with this, it says to us about this passage, it says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called, say it with me, he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. What I think is amazing about that passage is that a long time, hundreds of years before Jesus was ever born, the prophet said, for to us a child will be born. I think you could almost interject there of Mary. He was born of Mary. But he wasn't just of Mary because it says that a son will be given. I think you could almost interject there from God, the Father. I mean, here we have these hundreds of years before Jesus was born. Isaiah the prophet prophesies about the birth of Jesus, and he understands through the power of God and through the intuition of the Holy Spirit that he will be born of a woman but he will be the son of God. He will be fully man, having been born of a woman, but he is also fully God, having been God himself, stepping away from the throne of heaven and walking into our world. That's what Simeon and Anna were waiting for. Here, let me read to you just a few verses from this passage in Luke chapter 2. It says in verse number 21, it says on the eighth day when it was time to circumcise the child, that's Jesus, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord. A pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required. Simeon took him in his arms and praised God saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. The child's father and mother reveled at what was said about him. Let's jump down. Verse 34. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. 
There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband for seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to whom all who were looking forward to the redemption of Israel. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. What a beautiful word. You know, I, I ran across a question in my study that was quite interesting. Here's the question. Was it Mary, Simeon, or Anna that first realized who Jesus was? You know, when I think that, I, I immediately say, well, of course it was Mary. Mary gave birth to him. She pondered these things in her heart. But here it seems that Simeon is the first one that that holds the baby and says who this baby is going to be. Maybe this was the moment when Mary realized for sure just who she was raising. But the point is so clear here in, in this that Simeon and Anna were giving a holy moment. Now, now back up a minute and think about this. It seems to indicate that both Simeon and Anna had spent a lot of years. Matter of fact, Simeon has described that he was waiting. When it talks about Anna, it says that she was married 77 years. She's now 84, and uh, she's been a widow all these years, and she lives in the temple night and day, worshiping and praising God, waiting. I wonder how many times they, they said to each other, have you seen anything today? Any, any child catch your attention today? Has the Holy Spirit said anything? You know, day after day and week after week and literally year after year. And now here's the day. You know what? It doesn't tell us other than just through the, through the Holy Spirit. But you just wonder how that happened in, in Simeon's mind and heart, in Anna's heart and soul. That when they saw this baby, what did they see? When they held this baby, what did they feel? In what ways did God speak to them and tell them who this child was? Because they were so emphatic. But here's the thing that I am sure of. It is those who are faithful who experience moments that are truly holy. A person's incidental faith does not lead to moments like this. In a moment in time when you feel pricked in your heart, doesn't lead to this. This moment came about because of total and complete dedication to God. Listen, folks, there's some of you here this afternoon that are still waiting on your holy moment, waiting on your moment of understanding, waiting on your moment when you realize waiting on your moment when your revelation comes, waiting on your moment when you finally realize the true meaning of Christmas and what this gift is all about. Just hear me when I say today that invite this beautiful story of Christmas into your heart and allow it to help you have that moment. You know, if you think about these two people individually, you think about Simeon, you think about Anna. I wonder how many people laughed at them. I wonder how many people sat around their table at the end of the day and said, you know, those two old crazy people at the temple, they're still looking, they're still waiting. Oh my gosh, aren't they a hoot? They probably experienced ridicule. They, they probably experienced being belittled. They, they certainly had a lot of people that probably looked at them in kind of a weird way. But they were just, Simeon and Anna, they were just in tune to what God had promised them. And listen, folks, here's the holy moment of holy moments. 
The holy of holy moments is when we realize what God has promised is now here. Matter of fact, as I look at Simeon and Anna, there's some Christmas lessons that come to mind about their life. Let me give you, let me give you four of them very quickly. Number one, the Bible talks about Simeon. It says that he was righteous and devout. What does that mean? Righteousness is about how you live, what other people see, and how you live. Being devout is kind of an internal kind of thing. I am devout because of the way I feel inside my heart, my soul, my spirit, and I live this way. Righteous is how that comes out, and it's in what people see and what they understand. Listen, folks, Christmas and the message of Christmas should bring out the very best in us. You know, the other day I was over in the middle of Plank Road or Pleasant Valley Boulevard. I wanted to go down to Sam's Club. Really, what I was doing, I was going to pick up a, a box of dog treats to take it by our bank. We go by there every week, and a lot of times I'll have our little dog with us or dogs with us, and they always give our dogs a little treat, and, man, the dogs know when they're going to the bank. I mean, they know. They, I mean, they could do a commercial for Reliance Bank. And so I wanted to go buy some dog biscuits to take to them to give out. And I thought, you know what? It'll be easier to jump up on the interstate and go down to the Plank Road exit and, and then get off and go that way. I did. It took me probably 45 minutes to get from the 17th Street exit on I-99 South to Sam's Club. I almost lost my mind. And about halfway through that process, I thought, and you think you're patient. Oh my gosh, I was just, it was just, I was just screaming at myself. And everybody, you know, it was just unbelievable. I don't know if you saw it. I actually posted on Facebook and I said, I think half the population of Pennsylvania is within a quarter mile of Sam's Club. And I believe that was true. But it was so amazing how, you know, I had gone, I went from a spirit of sharing dog biscuits with the bank to just being mad at the world because how it slowed me down. And you know what I realized? that you can spend your time in traffic thinking about good things, thinking about righteous things. You can spend your time sitting in traffic being devout rather than devoured. And I became so irritated at myself with how I was allowing that to affect me. Think about Simeon. Week after week, year after year, it's not yet. And he heard the Lord say, I'm not going to let you die until you see the consolation of Israel. And how every day, every week, every month, every year, not yet, but he was described as righteous. Second Christmas lesson I think that we can really learn from here is how a lot of times the finding and receiving those holy moments, it's all about waiting. Said he waited. Anna, Anna waited. If you think about it, the whole story of God has been about waiting. I'm going to send you a Messiah. I don't know when, or you don't know when. You know, he, he, tells, he tells Abraham to go to a place that you don't know where you're going, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the heaven and the sands on the seashore, waiting. The wilderness journey, waiting. Even after this, the Mary and Joseph, they're going to they're gonna escape to Egypt, and they're going to wait. A lot of times, our understanding about holy moments, they come to us, when we are waiting, but they come to us when we're waiting with a certain kind of attitude. We're waiting with patience. We're waiting with faith. We're waiting with expectation. We're waiting believing. And that's exactly what these two great souls have done. 
The third lesson here is in this phrase about Anna that she never left the temple. You know, I found that interesting, and I did some research on there. You know, does it mean that she never left the temple? And most folks agree, yeah, it means that she never left the temple. She lived there. She stayed there. She must have had a little room, a little place, a little cubby hole, whatever that she stayed in. But why did she never leave? She never left because she didn't want to miss what God had promised. See, a lot of us, we missed what God has promised because we get tired of waiting. Think about Abraham and Sarah and Hagar. They got tired of waiting and they complicated their situation so very much. You see, folks, it's in that, it's in that, it's in that waiting that God can bless us with a righteousness and with a devotion that will be exemplary for people that are around us. And then the final lesson is in this idea where Anna says about redemption has come. Folks, do we understand that the holy moment of Christmas is about understanding that God has redeemed us? You ever remember, you ever remember, oh, who was the old gal on the radio that, Paul Harvey, thank you very much. I knew she gets, she's just like, she, she just finishes my thought. Scare, really. She could really know what's going on up here. Woo. But anyway, I remember Paul Harvey telling a story one time about a farm out in the Midwest. And they had a tremendous cold spell that came through. And the livestock and the animals were just suffering because it was so cold. And he said every morning that the farmer would look out the window and he would see this large flock of birds. And he thought, you know what? I, try to, I need to give those birds cover and comfort and food. And so he would run out and he would open up the doors of his barn, but the birds would all fly away. And then they would come and they'd land and he would run out. He would try to, he would try to like herd them into the barn and it just wouldn't work. They would all just fly away. And after several days of this, he finally said to his wife, he said, you know, the, honey, the only way that I could save those birds is that if some way I could become a bird and then lead them into the safety and the shelter. of That's exactly what God did. In the person of his son. But he didn't just come to lead us somewhere. He came to pay the price so that we would deserve to be there. That's what redemption means. Redemption means that you owe a great debt and you can't pay that great debt. Jesus paid that debt for you. You ever get a, you ever get a letter from your bank and you wonder, uh oh, what's that about? I got one of those not very long ago and I opened it up, not wondering about what it was. And there was a letter in there and it had the, and it had the title to my truck. I'd paid the final payment on that truck, and they sent me a title. I'm like, wow, so this is what one of those look like, huh? Right? I think, wow, it's paid in full. That's what Jesus did for us. He paid the price for our sin so that we could be redeemed. Folks, listen, that's a holy moment. If you put the picture of Simeon and Anna, Simeon's holding the baby. And what did he see? He saw the redemption of his soul. Have you had that holy moment? Because that's the holy moment of Christmas. That you're not just holding a baby born of Mary. You're holding a son that came from God. You're holding the Savior of all mankind. Now, I know this is a little bit uncomfortable. And if, you know, if you're really uncomfortable doing this, you don't have to do it. But could you mirror what I'm doing here? It's kind of cradle like you're holding a baby. For some of you, that's a memory long ago. But still, you know, just pretend that you're holding a little baby. And pretend that you're Simeon or you're Adam. And you've been waiting a long time. And when you look at this child, what do you see? This is the one God has promised. 
What a holy moment. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, what a holy moment. Father, may we have a, a holy moment like Simeon, like Anna. God, may we realize who this child is and whose this child is. Child born of Mary, a son born from God. Fully human, yet fully divine. Capable, Lord, of the redemption of our souls. Father, may that be the gift that we receive this Christmas. And Lord, we just ask that you would help us to realize, to anticipate the beauty of lighting this final candle, Lord, on this Advent wreath. That Lord, we've talked about love, or talked about hope and joy and peace and love. And tonight we light, or today we light this candle, symbolic of the light of Jesus, Lord, coming into the world. And Lord, as we light this candle and subsequently light all of our candles in this room, I just pray, Lord, that it would encourage us to leave this place singing this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. That, Lord, we would leave this place singing that, God, we are to go over the hills and through the valleys proclaiming the birth of Jesus. But not, Lord, just a birth, but the birth of a son. Father, may it be so for all of us in Jesus' holy name. Amen.